Hello everyone and welcome to Sterling's Business Success and Coffee podcast. Kindly sponsored and supported by Sterling's group coaching programs and fix this next. This free online business assessment tool enables you to pinpoint your business's vital need. Keep listening for top business tips and advice to help you level up and scale up. Here's your host, Simon Meadows. Hi everyone and welcome to today's episode and today listeners I'm joined by a guest and I'm going to be what you might hear as sounding quite rude when I introduce them but today I'm joined by M Stroud and M is a clown. Best-selling author and the co-founder of new global movement Laugh, Think and Play. M is an experienced performer and successful entrepreneur, and she works with high-level businesses helping their leaders and teams to put the fun back into work so that they can be more confident, creative, collaborative, and ultimately more successful. Welcome to today's podcast. I've never called a guest a clown. I apologize, <laughs> but I give you all the glory for being a clown. You you do not need to apologise and thank you for having me. It's lovely to be here. And and I think it's it's really interesting because I think in the UK in particular, the word clown is used as a very derogative term towards especially our government currently. Mm. And actually, uh, it's it's so far, the government is so far from what clowns are. So clowns and my take on clowns are we are the observers of life, we are the truth tellers. And when you find your clown, it is a part of you that you just get to explore and play with more. And actually, around the world, uh, clowns are massively revered because we are the truth tellers and we use humor and light to say what's going on. And, you know, think sort of, I think from from a British perspective, if you think Shakespearean fool or the court jester, then you're getting closer to where a theater clown is. And for gotcha. me, there's a whole lot of craft around it. And I know I can hold audiences and I use elements of clowning to hold audiences. And then I can say what's going on. And I get to say things that other people can't say because I use humor, kindness yeah. and truth. So trust me, it's not an insult. That's why my book's called Lessons yeah. from the Clown. <laughs> yeah. And, and I'm glad you said that. And thanks for that explanation. Because when I remember my childhood experiences of seeing a clown, I was in awe at the dexterity the ability to handle props being costume as you say hold an audience there's so many different things that a clown has to do at the same time you're not just standing behind a lectern delivering a keynote speech you know, there's so many things going on in the environment and you're not actually working along with the environment you're actually creating the environment of that humor mm. and that fun around you as well aren't you so uh, yeah yeah my first ever clown and i'm glad you're with us well thank you and it's interesting one of my favorite uh, quotes from one of uh, whether you like him or not i still count him as a business hero richard branson and i love the quote that he has in many of his books for us as business owners is have fun and the money will come because we have got to love what we do. We've got to love being in business. We've got to love our our work, our, our whole thing of what we're doing. If we're really having fun in our work, then that's when the success comes. Is that something that you see in the businesses that the two are very well connected, fun and success from what you say? 
Yeah, I think so. And I, and I think, you know, I think when you hear the word fun, I think we can go in one of two ways. I'm okay. so anti-forced fun. You know, those really things like, mm. we're going to have fun, guys. And instantly you see everybody going, no, we're not. It's going to mm. be horrific. It's For me, it's about how we can connect to that own, our own sense of play and how we can connect to that own sense of wonder and joy. And, you know, I've been an entrepreneur for 20 plus years and, you know, and I've had business success. I've had business failure, as I think all good entrepreneurs have. Um, and for myself, I know that that Richard Branson is true. So yeah. when I became braver and when I became right, OK, what really does make my heart sing? And I really sort of, and I reconnected with clowning about five years ago and set up and co-set up Laugh, Think, Play. All of these beautiful doors just kept emerging, you know, and just kept being open to me. Yeah. And when I work with clients, and everybody that I work with is at a level of success. And success, you know, they've got the business, they've got the house, they've got the car, but something's missing. And quite often I see really smart people who go, I don't even know what makes my heart sing anymore. And they're quite often the business owners or they've forgotten why they set up the business because they've got so caught up in the business of business. You know, so just true. a tangible example. I remember speaking to somebody and he'd set up an IT firm because he loved coding. Like he loved it. Mm -hmm. And I asked, so when did you last do some coding? He went, I can't remember the last time I did it. So the joy and the yeah. sort of the joy de vivre of why he'd set up that business, he'd lost touch with. And for me, so fun and play are intertwined and it's something that we're not encouraged to do because we're told in business, you've got to be very serious. Be very mm. serious and then maybe when we have a team day, we'll have some fun and then we'll go back and be serious. Yes. But actually the evidence is if people are happy and having fun and playing, you know what, you'll be more successful, better collaboration, better creativity, better curiosity, problem solving, etc. Yeah. And ultimately success, as you say in your bio. Absolutely. So I've got to ask uh, the question. I know when I asked you what you're drinking, because listeners, I'll give you a bit of a uh, an insight. I always ask guests what they're drinking before we start the podcast. And I, I asked and um, what she was drinking. She says, oh, I've got some water. But you also mentioned that you drink squash uh, and occasionally coffee in the morning. When you drink the coffee in the morning, um, what would be a, an occurrence when you want to have a coffee or you feel that you need a coffee? And what coffee do you go to? Oh, good question. So coffee of choice is a latte, one sugar. Don't have sugar Ooh. in tea, but one okay. sugar. Little treat to myself. Uh, and I do love a latte, a little bit of milk, not too much. Now, you've only just met me, and lovely listeners, you've probably only just heard of me. I've got quite a lot of natural energy. So yes. if I have too much coffee, <laughs> I'm a little bit unbearable for myself, let alone anyone else. Um, so I generally reach to coffee, and I've sort of almost made this into a bit of a ritual. I'm very much about creating space for myself so that I can think and I can create and I can write. And coffee is one of those rituals. And I only really got into coffee drinking during lockdown. And I think it was because of the actual process that I go through. So I've got one of those little red stovetop ones. I'm sure other colors are available. And, you know, just that ritual of a little bit of water and then pouring in my coffee and I get it delivered directly from uh, the farm. So I use a, a, a deliveries that get sent yeah. in to me. Pouring in that, screw it on, watch mm. it. Put the milk in the microwave, one minute, not any longer, not any less, nailed this. That yep. comes out, it starts bubble, pour it in, a little bit of sugar. And there's something about the ritual of that that then helps spark me in terms of what I'm thinking about, whether it's my new book, a talk, a show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's interesting you say about 
becoming a coffee drinker during lockdowns and during the pandemic because I think a lot of people did and you know I, was, I talked to people who actually going out for a coffee because it was one of the takeaways that during some of the yeah. lockdowns you could go and you at a distance you could either order it and collect it from a table or you could actually go in and queue and uh, for a huge amount of time to get your coffee and it was the one chance that people had to meet other people even if it was only from a distance, even if it was through the muffled mask of, hi, hello, how are you? But it was a way of actually communicating with people, wasn't it? But I, I love the ritual part of it as well. I have a, a similar ritual, but in the morning, mine actually is with honey and water. So I make mm. myself a lemon juice drink out of real lemons in, in water. Uh, I used to put it in the honey, but somebody said that's a bad thing to do. So now I do my honey. It's my honey out from my bees hot water drink that with my separate beaker of cold water with lemon in it and just gets the immune system going and soothes my throat mm. for the rest of the day when it goes cold it's still quite nice to drink and i quite like that mm. so uh, yeah and what's your favorite flavor of squash then oh now that is a big one uh i quite like a squash mate yeah. <laughs> okay maybe in a clown i still am very connected to my inner child obviously uh yeah. i've got to go i'm gonna go traditional i'm gonna go traditional and i'm gonna say orange okay right yeah well in our house you'll only find orange and mango or orange and mm. pineapple my wife uh, is a big squash drinker so she's the same the only thing i find i don't know about you ember uh, it's a bit like tea people make tea so many different ways Right. Uh, you know, getting it the right way is really hard. Coffee is a lot easier. You know, people mm. say, oh, do you want coffee? It's instant. Oh, just a spoonful of coffee. And usually that's about good enough. Squash, I find, is the same thing. I don't like mine too strong. I like it quite weak. My wife seems to be a 50-50 person. And I, I drink it and it like takes the back of my throat out. Uh, have you got a favourite <laughs> sort of strength am, or weight? I'm I'm somewhere in between you and your wife. I I cannot abide weak squash. I'm like, if okay. it's weak, I'll just drink water. I'm like, yeah. I think I can taste the squash, but no, I can't. Yep. No, 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 no. But if it's too strong, like my son likes it, he likes it really. He's he's your wife level. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, no, too much. So I like to be able to taste it, but indeed not have my throat literally yeah. become a bit of squash mire. Yeah, mm -hmm. good, good. Well, I think we've covered plenty there drink wise so let's let's go on to your business you know you said that you're the co-founder of the new global movement so laugh think and play tell us something that has been significant or something recent that you've been working on as part of this global movement and just explain what you mean by global movement as well so laugh think play as opposed to it being hello we're a traditional business we exist in order to help change the world so our first goal is to get a million adults laughing, thinking and playing so that they feel better. Okay. Yep. And if you imagine that we are planting seeds of a garden, we are planting seeds and we're getting other people to come and help us plant the seeds, choose the seeds. Yeah. And I think what's been happening recently, um, we have various different things going on. So we have play partnerships with businesses. We have a laugh, think, play club with senior business leaders and entrepreneurs we have our Laugh Think Play worldwide community, which is available for free because we want to be able to make sure that everyone, regardless of where they're at, can access our support, but it's not even support, can access a space where they can reconnect with their own humanity and remember what's really okay. important. Because So that, in a nutshell, 
we're here to make the world feel better. And if we hit a million, then we're going to go up, then we're going to aim for a billion. Great, great. Love the aspirations. So what has been a significant step that you've taken recently, Ben, that perhaps you can share with the listeners about the entrepreneurship that you put into your business? I think one of the key things was, so this has all stemmed from an idea that I had about my own personal purpose, maybe three and a half, four years ago. So I worked out as me, M Stroud, and I've got M Stroud Limited, that my mission and my purpose for my life was to get people to think and to laugh and to play. And it was in that order at that time. Okay. That has then evolved. And suddenly I, and I really realized that this was never going to be an M Stroud thing. This was far bigger than me. Hence, it's a movement with all these different Mm. moving parts in it as we're planting this garden. So significantly, what's really happened is that we've gone from having three co-founders and we now have five co-founders. And it's likely in the next two years, there'll be another two coming and joining us. And we've been super brave because we think within Laugh, Think, Play, there's a a lot of the current systems, especially in the business world, don't really work and it makes it hard for us to be human and really prioritize things like wonder and prioritize things like curiosity and acceptance and craft these very human things that we all know and so one of the things that we're doing every single stage as we're growing as a movement is challenging how are we setting things up what are we doing how do we interact with our with our play partners how do we interact with people And so one of the really big things for us was growing in terms of co-founders and keeping it completely equal. So we're not a hierarchical organization. Logic would say, traditional business logic, well, you set it up, Em, then these two people came and there's your senior leadership team and then you get some other people, right? And I've worked with enough big businesses to know that we've got this structure. Most are hierarchical. This is a movement. So we've really challenged our thinking about how do we want to operate and how can we make it so that everybody can operate in their zones of genius but also that the movement supports everybody because it's bigger than any one of us but also it's really important that the way we structure it is challenging the status quo of how things are set up because that's in essence one of the things that the movement's trying to do yeah and as you're talking there and you know you mentioned your initial thought about think laugh or play i think was that the order you had it in Mm -hmm. And for most of us in business, you know, and certainly for me as a business coach, you know, um, my natural state is to go to the strategy, the thinking side Mm -hmm. of things. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'd be intrigued to why you changed it around. Why bring the laugh first and then the think second? Because my nature is we need to have a strategy (laughs) first. And now I'll give you a bit of a sense of my humour um, as well and the listeners, because we've never really talked about my humour. I've got a fairly dry sense of humour. I'm quite a dry person, I think. Um, but there are certain things. Uh, one, I'm, I'm, I love American humour. So Modern Family, Shit's Creek, they're my kind, that's my kind of, of, of humour. I'm not much of a, a sort of British humour type person, except... There is one guy, and uh, I can't remember what television programme he was on, where he did interpretive dance. I think it was a BBC thing. And he would uh, do interpretive dance, doing these weird and wonderful dance movements to something like uh, Britney Spears, Hit Me Baby One More Time. And he'd be slapping right. him around the face and doing the baby thing. And that I think you mean has... Robert Webb, don't you? <laughs> Possibly, yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's quite an old 
series now, but you can yeah. find it on YouTube. And that has me in hysterics. And the mm. feel-good factor of mm-hmm. having a real good belly laugh, not just a false chuckle laughing along with somebody because you feel you've got to, um, yeah. like you said it right at the beginning, but that real belly laughter where it's it comes right from the soul is so important for me. But that doesn't seem to be the same ethos in business that doesn't seem to be the same way round in business so please mm. explain for me and the listeners of why you moved to think and the laugh round well i've had 20 plus years i mean i look very young but i have had 20 plus mm-hmm. years in business right and if there's the business side of me there's also the performing side of me right and where right. my head is for those of you that are watching video i'm bang in the middle of that right yeah and i've spent 20 years being pretty good at improvising and clowning and creating theater shows And when I stand up and I deliver talks, what is the thing that instantly pulls an audience together? Whether they are a bunch of 500 accountants at Deloitte, I have done that, or whether they are a mix of a thousand entrepreneurs, I have done that, or whether it's an audience of a hundred people that work in retail. I've worked across every single sector. When people laugh, There is some magical stuff that goes on within your body, which then means it's a shared experience and you are laughing and you are enjoying, just exactly said, your endorphins going through. And there's a whole load of other clients, right? So when you're laughing, you're in that place, you're then relaxed. And if you're relaxed and you're in that place because you feel good, when I then throw in things to then think about, people are in a very different place. Ah. So right now, as you're listening to me, you're still working me out and you're trying to think about how it is that I do things because you're interviewing me and you're a strategy guy. So you've gone straight into thinking, right? If the shoe was on the other foot and I was interviewing you, I would be like, right, I'm going to get him laughing as much as I can because then you're in a different state. And then when you're in a different state, then your thinking will be different. Not better, different. And from my experience, when you allow, because it's also that bit of, helping adults feel safe and reconnecting. And because all of my work is fundamentally about helping people be their best selves and feel better, laughing is the easiest thing. And I'm very lucky. I I have a gift of comedy. So, you know, it's my natural go-to. And generally, I'm yet to meet anybody in the world of business that doesn't think it's a good idea to laugh a bit more. And I've never met anybody in business that thinks, in terms of thinking, we very much come from a... We want people to think about themselves with kindness and then think about others with kindness. And then you can then play. Yeah, and I think, uh, listeners in particular, there's a very, very important lesson there, isn't it? Because very often when we have our strategic planning meetings or we're having our thinking meetings to work on a new product, a new service, we go straight into the, the strategy and the thinking side of it. And yeah, I know, you know, just hearing you say that, Em, that I've done exactly that. Constraint to meeting, right, okay, flip charts up on the wall, let's get doing it. Yeah. Without even giving any consideration to the state of the mind that everybody is in in the room, that commonality mm. that you mentioned, or that they're actually even in a good place themselves. Because then exactly. you wonder, as you're going through, why you're not buying into it or why you're being quiet because you haven't got them to that place. So I think that's a very and- valuable lesson. And also, I think, you know, to build on what you're saying, I think, you know, strategy sessions are important. I'm in no way diminishing the weightiness of a lot of our work that we do in business. Far from it. 
But if you allow yourself five minutes or 10 minutes to really connect as humans, and one of the ways that you can do that is play a game. It doesn't have to be a zany out there game. You just play a game. As soon as you do that, everybody is in the same place mentally. They're all present. And trust me, from someone that's been doing this a long time, when everyone is fully present, when you go into the strategy and everyone's had a little bit of a giggle, you will do it faster, more effectively, and come up with better ideas. But yet yeah. in the business world, we're told, get down, do strategy. Hmm. When did that become a rule? Stop being, yeah. you know, have some fun. Be light, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I've got to ask you a question then. Uh, and I've done various public speaking gigs and I've been on courses. And the, the tip usually is if you can't do humor if you're not good at humor don't do it don't try it. if you can't tell mm -hmm. a joke don't start with a joke and, and i've always i can never remember jokes i can never remember anything like that so for people who are listening to this that think this would be so good in my next meeting to bring a bit of laughter uh into the into the session for somebody who that isn't natural and i can see listeners how natural m is her face her tone everything you know, it just makes me want to smile just seeing you and hearing you. Some people, as you say, have that as a gift. Some people really struggle with that. For those that are listening mm -hmm. that struggle with that, could you give us a couple of tips or a couple of pointers that might help us when we're just trying to just put a little bit of that fun and yeah. that little laughter into it? Of course. And you're right. Not everybody, you know, not everybody can be the comic and not everybody yeah. can be, you know, and also just to give it context, I've, you know, I've also went to drama school for three years. Uh, I've performed at Edinburgh Festival off the West End. There is a lot of craft behind what I do. Yeah. You know, I've done three one woman sellout shows off the West End that were theatre comedy. So the craft and quite often when people in business go, can you make me funny? I'm like, are you funny? <laughs> and quite <laughs> yes. often they're like, no. And I'm like, well, then probably not. However, everybody can utilize a levity and a lightness. And Ooh. so for me, a couple of really practical things that you can do is you said it beautifully earlier. You said, right, my sense of humor is American comedy. Now, if you're sort of like, right, okay, this is the sort of thing, you can do that thing of, I'm going to show a favorite clip of something that makes you laugh. And you show yeah. a clip of that, and then you go, who likes this? Who's watched this program before? Instantly, people go, oh, yeah, I love this. I love that episode. Who's not seen Modern Family? There's a lightness. Yes. It doesn't yeah. suddenly mean that you're like, right, I'm going to tell you nine jokes, because that's not your zone of genius. You're a coach, right? Yeah. So sharing what makes you laugh can be as powerful as being the one that makes someone laugh Good because tip. you're giving an insight into who you are, right? So there's that. And the second bit is... I think levity is a really massively underestimated tool. So let's use, for example, your out of office. Now, most people with that out of office go, I am out of the office and will not have access to emails until the 28th of September. Mm -hmm. Brilliant. Everybody gets it. That's transactional. How much more would you feel if somebody went, I'm out of the office because actually I don't really want to be checking emails while I'm off having loads of fun. Now, fun for all of you might be different things. So I want you to imagine whatever fun might be. And trust me, I'm probably not doing that. Brackets, because I've actually just gone on a hiking tour to the Lake District. See you on the 28th of September. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's levity. So you're not trying to be the comic or the storyteller. If that's not who you are, don't try and be it. But you can be who you are with a sense of lightness, with just imagining what are the things that gently make you smile. 
And if you know that and you clock, and this is about that, and this is where, again, where I learned from clowning, it's paying attention to what is it that makes you feel that little bit lighter? What is it that brings joy to your life? And it could be yeah. a piece of music. It could be a sport, you know. It's, it's not limited just to comedy. It's about showing that more human side of who you are. Yeah, yeah. I, I, thank you. Such a great answer. I'm going to be watching this podcast about 10 times myself now just to work through that last bit, listeners. So uh, great. So as part of the, uh, the the business that you've been working on, what kind of results have you seen through bringing all of this together with the co-founders? What do they bring? Is there anything you want to share of, you know, what are the results of that beam? Well, LaughThinkPlay is still super, super new. So if you go on LaughThinkPlay.com, all it will say is put your email in. Okay. Because we're, we're doing this in a very new way. We're not going, here's a new brand. Here's this. Here's the marketing pro. We're not doing it like that. We're doing it all through word of mouth. We're doing it through people that we know. We pull together yeah. amazing communities. So a really tangible example, uh, since we've really started doing our work. Now, I've been doing this work, not under the banner of Laughing Play for sort of 20 years, really. Yeah. But the things that I've noticed is that when you pull together like-minded human beings who are curious to explore what levity and what laughter and how changing their thinking and how playing more can affect them first and foremost, it's quite extraordinary, the energy in the room and then how that will go. Tangible example, I was chatting earlier today to a CEO of a very large business and she saw me talk and I was talking about improvisation and why it's a really important skill in business. And one of the things that she took was create a little bit of space for you every week to find some joy and some wonder. And she made me and herself, more importantly, a promise that she was going to start painting. Now, she's never nice. painted her entire life. She's not a painter. She's never going to be an artist. I, I don't even know where this came from. Anyway, I caught up with her this morning and she went, look what I've done. And she showed me her phone and she had this and she just said, Em, you did that. On a Saturday morning before everyone else is up, I go off and I paint. And she said, for me, as a CEO of this very large business, which is very stressful and very full on, as you can imagine, sometimes these things are. She just went, that pocket of time that you helped me create has made me a calmer and more effective leader. And I didn't mm. know I needed to do that until I met you. Yeah. yeah and I think that insight is incredible. What about those leaders that you come across and that perhaps see that they're an obstacle everything is you know like you we've talked about so much you know serious this isn't the way we do business here um, do, what kind of obstacles do you overcome and and that you come across in leaders in business when you start talking to them about you know this whole movement of laugh think and play i mean there's a little bit of skepticism of how will this affect the bottom line isn't this just something that just would be a really nice to have, especially yeah, from finance directors? Yeah. yeah, especially from finance directors. Let's let's be honest. And yeah. and what's beautiful is one of my co-founders comes from a background of having done a PhD in cultural study. You know, everything to do with humanity, neuroscience, and how our brain works. Okay. So in our in my corner, I then have right these things are really important. Says the clown, FD person looks at us and goes, really. And then you have somebody that comes from that background and goes, and here is the evidence of what goes on in your body. Here is the evidence of how these things will actually shift how you think, change creativity, connection, and collaboration, to name a few. 
Um, so if you want to know more about the science, interview her. <laughs> but from my perspective, <laughs> yes. yeah, yeah. it's also that thing, and I go back to it, I'm not attached to this. This is bigger than me and it's human. And generally when people are resistant, all I do is meet them with kindness because they're generally mm. resistant because actually what I offer is just honest and it's, and it's true and people are generally very scared. Yeah. And most people that are really resistant are like, I haven't done that. I haven't played for I don't know how long. I don't know how to play. And so for me, I go back to the one of our treasures. I come back with kindness. Anybody who's resistant, it's probably to do with something about how they were brought up, how they were wired, and what they deem is proper adult behavior. Yeah. Once you that. get that opened, they're fine. Yeah, and I think you said something very important there. I don't know how to play. Because I think for many of us in business, you know, I've been in business over 30 years, that is something that, one, I never knew how to do as a child because I was an only child. Mm -hmm. I, as you say, background, you know, I lived on a street which had no other boys on there. So there's only so much, you know, you can do as a child in that kind of environment. Uh, and, yeah, I, I would say I don't know how to play that well to a point but then I met a set of friends when I was at work who knew how to play really well and that behavior changed and my mum always said yeah I can't believe it it wasn't until you're 18 that I really saw you blossom because I met these people who really got me to do incredible things in life take risks and do wonderful hobbies and traveling and enjoy what I'm doing now you know and I love every day that I do what I do and I think there are still a lot of people trapped in that I don't know how to play syndrome and I've got to ask the sort of question and I'll come back to one of the questions I was going to ask in a moment but to those business owners and leaders and perhaps team leaders that say I don't know how to do this I don't know how to play what tip would you give them to take away from today because I think it's going to be about 80-90% of the people listening to this podcast I think a couple of things so firstly I believe, and I've, I've built on a, there's a play psychologist in, in the US who spent his entire life in play with adults. And he'd identified that there were eight ways that adults play. I have added to that and expanded it and changed it slightly and built on that model. And I believe that there's 12 ways that adults play. Okay. And as soon as I share those with adults, they go, oh, I didn't even know that that constituted play. Because people hear me and they go, well, you're a clown and you're an improviser. So this is going to be that kind of play. You know, I also I think most people go, oh, yes, I am a competitor. That's one way that we can play people. There's certain things that we attribute to play. Sure. But one of the ways that we play is, uh, you know, is the organizer. And this is the type of person who loves an Excel spreadsheet. I don't play like this, by the way. This is not my idea of play. Nope. But they love on an Excel spreadsheet, moving things around to make an event happen. Right. And then when the yeah. event happens, they actually enjoy the Excel spreadsheet more than the event. I kid you not, I shared this with an audience and this woman stood up and went, that's me. I can tell my husband, yeah, yeah. see, I have been playing. <laughs> so as soon as you understand that play isn't this very tight box, it means you've got to play sport or you've got to play games or you've got to do it in a kid-like way, suddenly that opens up. So there's yeah. the 12 ways of playing. And I think for those that really genuinely go, don't know how to play, I always ask them, go to a coffee shop, to bring us back, have a latte, yeah. one sugar, thank you very much if you yeah. see me, 
take a notebook and a pen, leave your phone, so do not have any tech, and just sit for a minute and ask yourself, ask your little boy, your little girl inside you, your little person inside you and go, if you could, what would you really like to draw, go and try? And all I'm suggesting is that you're going to be curious. This doesn't mm. mean you're going to have to do it all the time, but you just use that lens of curiosity to go and explore. Now, when I've said this before, I remember this one woman, she, she went off and she did it and she said, I've always wanted to try to ride a horse, but my mum was terrified of horses, so I wasn't allowed. And I was like, how old are you now? She's like, 58. Yeah. And I was like, is yeah. your mum still alive? And she's like, no. And I was like, do you think it might be time? And she went, yeah. And she sent yeah. me a photo, her on a horse, looking the happiest I have ever seen this woman. So when you think you don't know how to play, use curiosity and go in within yourself. And if if after yeah. that you're still like, I don't know, and I'm sitting there and I don't know, there's a big thing called Google. I don't know if you've heard of it. It helps. It's like an internet thing, you know, you can yeah. kind of connect. And, yeah, don't know. And if you go on Google and there's, you know, there are countless, you know, what you can do this weekend listings, whether it's timeout, whatever, right? Rather than going, I'm this type of person. So I like cycling and that's all I do because we put ourselves in these boxes. Ah, sure. that's who she is. That's who he is. Go through listings and just go, going to try that, going to try that, going to try that. As adults, we get so consumed with, but if I try it, that means I'm committing to a year's long membership and then that suddenly means I'm going to have to do pottery for the rest of my life. No, you're not. <laughs> go and try it. Yeah. And you know what? I promise when you go back to work on that Monday morning, people go, how was your weekend? You go, tried some pottery. You know what? Wasn't very good at it. Never going to do it again. You are the yeah. person that people want to come and chat to. Yeah, yeah. You build better relationships rather than, what you do this weekend? Oh, you know, the normal sort of family. Had, um, had a roast dinner, was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's fine, yeah. but life is more than that. Yeah. I did skydiving. Would never do it nice. again. Nice. Yeah, would never do it again. <laughs> so on the ways of play, one of the ways that we can play is hedonism, yeah. right? And hedonism is doing something where it's got a perceived risk or, you know, and obviously there's a hedonist where it's parties, but anything where it's like this has a quite a strong chance of dying <laughs> It's yes. quite a hedonistic way of play, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, the other thing I like to play with, and uh, strangely, my, my wife sees me as a complete freak about this, is that I love to open a box of chocolates and eat one without reading what the chocolate actually is. I love that. Angela cannot abide. She says, how can you pick a chocolate and not know what it is? How can you not read the card? How do you know it's not coffee? Or how do you know it's not hazelnut? If it is, I just spit it out and put it back. <laughs> you know, yeah. Simple as that. <laughs> and, then offer it to, and then offer it to you, lovely yeah. Angela. You know, it's <laughs> on sorry. my hand. <laughs> yes, you, you like coffee. Yes. <laughs> so you've given us so much to think about. And, and thank you for sharing that that tip and that lesson of, of how we can do that. Uh, and I normally ask that ask, after I ask about where people can connect with you. So I've done this all the way around. So tell us. And where people can find out more about you. You gave us a little bit of a website a little bit earlier on, but just remind the listeners of how they can connect with you and how they can reach out to this global movement, Laugh, Think and yep. Play. If they want to find out about Laugh, Think, Play, um, just go on laughthinkplay.com, pop your email and you will get sent a beautifully written play letter once a week. And it's about our treasures. And in the play letter, there'll be the dates when you can join our community 
um, meetups, which are free, they're online, and they're just an hour, and you just show up, and they're just an hour just to feel better. So that's the easiest way of connecting with Laugh, Think, Play. And then if you want to find out more about what I'm up to, as a me personally, then you can go on mstroud.com, and uh, up there is everything to speaking that I do, my upcoming show that I'm going to be touring next year. So all Ooh. of that kind of stuff. Cool. A show, a touring show, right. Okay. Yeah. Well done on that. Yep. So, listeners, you know where to go to connect with both laughthinkandplay.com and mstroud.com as well. Uh, and I strongly suggest that you do that. Uh, but most importantly, I think both of us need to recommend that we embrace that whole philosophy and become part of M's global movement of doing more laughing more thinking and more playing in our businesses and in our lives as well. Why not? You know, uh, if we're going to sit down New Year's Day and do the wonderful what we're going to do in the year ahead, rather than just go, let's think about it, let's laugh about it first, then let's think about it. Let's do the listers and then say, and then let's have a play with it. I think that would be, be great. I've got one final question. Actually, I've got two, two questions, but I'll ask this one uh, as a first half. Do you ride a unicycle? <laughs> I have done in my past. I okay. don't now. I ride a motorcycle right. that is actually called a monkey bike. Oh, I know a monkey bike. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love those. Uh, the reason I ask is I did exactly what you said some years ago. I sat down and thought about all the things I would love to try to do. And one of them was learning to ride a unicycle. Awesome. So I bought one. I tried it. I failed miserably. I decided it wasn't me. It was a poor <laughs> unicycle, so I bought they another. Are really hard. Yeah, I bought another unicycle, um, which I did equally bad on it. And I, I had a young guy in the office who said, "Give me that, I'll have a go at that." He got on this thing, and after about six attempts, he was going up and down the office on this unicycle. So I actually bought him a pair of those multicolored clown trousers to wear when he was riding it, and he loved riding. It. He used to entertain us riding it. I never got to ride it, so I'm. I'm I'm probably going to that. I'm going to stick that back on my list. Then after today, I'm going to stick that back on my list, and I'm going to give it another go, definitely. Fabulous. But so, if you were having your next latte with one sugar, mm -hmm. uh, microwave milk, one minute, no less, no more, with mm -hmm. a dream hero of yours, somebody who's alive or somebody who's passed away, uh, where would you be having that coffee, and who would that person be? Right now, today, it would be Ruby Wax. Right. And the reason it would be Ruby Wax is she is one of the very few people who is out in the mainstream who has a deeply, deeply successful comedy career but is also mm. deeply, deeply embedded in the world of helping people feel better, you know, and she's yeah. been really open and honest in terms of sharing her mental health challenges and you know she writes beautifully so there's something about ruby wax and i'd love to sit down and have a coffee with her and she's actually best friends with one of my friends so i'm now only tiny Ooh. tiny tiny bit away from her and where we would have it well right now in london it is absolutely pouring with rain so I'm going to say it would be 
on a uh, Croatian island, so just somewhere, Croatian island, on a beautiful, sunny, sort of, you know, one of those lovely verandas. The coffee be brought, there'd be a water looking out and everything like that so we could just chew the fat, giggle, think about things and try and change the world. So that, and I've never even been to an island in Croatia, so who knows where that came yeah, from, yeah. my beautiful yeah. clown brain. There you go, yeah. that would be it. Yeah. So... Anna, who will do the show notes, will make sure we hashtag and call out Ruby Wax. Let's see if we can get awesome. all you listeners, if anybody out there can make this happen for M. Stroud to meet Ruby Wax for that coffee, that would be great. And her recent show with Kate Garraway on, was it Life Stories or something like that, was yeah. exceptional. And the way she gave such credit to her daughters as well and her family was mm. uh, amazing. So, yeah, very, very open, very, very good to see her up and about as well, which was great. Mm. You've been an amazing guest. You've certainly made me laugh in the way that I laugh. You've certainly given me some things to think about and I think we've had a bit of a play with this podcast as well. So uh, hopefully we've ticked the box of becoming part of your global movement. Thank you so much for being a great guest. You've been amazing. Thank you for having me. And listeners, all you need to do now is two or three things. Subscribe, leave a review, but most importantly, go out and become part of the global movement. Go to laughthinkandplay.com or check out mstrad.com. Sign up, get that weekly play letter and become part of this because I think this is so important for the success of business and it would make every day that we're actually at work and we're in business so much better and so much easier to cope with. So let's do that and let's help more people have more fun in their workplace. And as always, I look forward to having you on the next podcast. Bye for now. Thank you for listening. Don't forget if you'd like any help and support with your business, do get in touch with Simon. And to discover what your business needs you to fix next, visit www.sterlingcoaching.fixthisnext.com. Please do subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. And Simon would love you to rate and review the show too. Thank you. Thank you.